running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I just we can't wait to get to the game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT the Brick. Cars up underneath James. Gonna fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Thanks a lot, everybody, for coming back. JT, as we are ready for an unbelievable weekend here in Vegas. We have the Kansas City Chiefs coming into town for Sunday night. It feels like a three-day weekend because the game is the last game on Sunday night. And then Monday, I'll be at the best place to watch Monday night football. It's Doghouse Saloon inside Resorts World Las Vegas. The newest property on the Strip. There's not a bad seat in Doghouse to watch the game. There's a sports book right on site inside Doghouse. Enjoy incredible food and drink specials, followed by an amazing after party, live entertainment, dueling pianos, Everyone around the world who's coming to Vegas is going to Resorts World. It's mind-blowing what Scott Sabella is doing on that property. It's redefining Vegas. you got to go in and see it. Go to dinner. Go to Doghouse. Go out to the pool. See everything that they have there. There's so much I haven't seen it all. I keep going back with my wife, and we get lost in Resorts World. We love the different hotels that are connected, the lobbies. It's fantastic. The best gaming in the world. Nothing compares to the Resorts World, so go check me out. I'll be there this Monday. I'll be there at 4.30, Resorts World inside Doghouse. Eric Allen's going to join us in a few minutes as we break down the game. We're taking your calls at 702-365-9200. We already had Bill Romanowski, and we already had the great Phil Villapiano. I call it the Defenders today. It's like a comic book movie where they're all showing up, everybody who played defense. Uh, Gangster Raiders start off the top of the hour. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, JT? I haven't talked to you since um, right before the Charger game when I predicted a, a double-digit win. Remember that? I do remember, and I was, you know, Chargers are tough. I mean, Chargers yeah. are a tough team. They're going to be a tough team for a long time with that quarterback. Yeah, but I've been angry ever since that game, and we should be angry about the game we dropped against the Giants, and we should come out angry. Remember how you said the Raiders came off the bus again the preseason against the um, Rams? We need to come out like that times 10 at our house in the Death Star. As soon as the Chiefs come off the bus, bust their heads open. I want a, I want a, I want a massive victory. You know what I'm saying? We need it, you know, because they try to take something for us. We was in first place in control of the division on our own, and now they coming in trying to take what's ours. We need to come out angry, play angry, but play purposely angry. Not angry and um, out of control, but purposely calculated anger. You know what I mean? We need to play like the season depends on it because it really do. If we win this game, we're back in control of the division and pretty much everything, the goals we have for the season are still ahead of us. But if we lose this game, then it's out of our hands. If we want to keep it in our hands, we got to come out. We got to play mad. We got to play upset, but we got to play smart. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Raider Nation, we got to come out and support them. We got to be loud and proud. There's going to be a few Queef fans there because we're in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? But we got to drown them out. Every time they make noise, we got to be louder. Let them know this is Raider Nation, and wherever we go, we make noise. We don't care if we here or Timbuktu. We're going to make it do what it do because this is Raider Nation, and we got to be just as angry as the team and drown out them Queef fans. You know what I'm saying? This is do or die, and we got to get it. You know what I mean? And I'm going to give you a subdued one right now. Raiders, 
Raiders yeah. got to come out ready to play. They got to play under control. They got to play fast. They got to play smart the way this guy played. The great Eric Allen, former six-time Pro Bowler, semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and my partner on the Raider pre- and post-game show. Here we go, EA. It's do-or-die time. they got to win this game. How are you feeling about the preparation leading into Kansas City Sunday night? All right. First of all, it's always great to talk to my main man, JT. Yeah, happy Veterans Day to all those real soldiers yes. out there putting it in, doing a great job. I come from a family of veterans, Marine Corps, Army, Navy. So definitely want to give a shout-out to all the veterans out there. And then, listen, we talked about all this week, if this is going to be a do-or-die football game. And I, it's not do-or-die, JT, but it's as close as you can get. For all our silver and black uh, Raider Nation out there who've been uh, watching film, on this Chiefs football team, yeah, they're struggling a little bit. And I think those struggles are attributed to the lack of chunk plays in the running game. Uh, they just don't have that ability anymore to be able to have a handoff and get, you know, like 10 to 12 chunk yards, right? So now you got to find those chunk yards. People are doing a great job right now of double teaming. Uh, Tyreek Hill, of course, not allowing him to get down the football field. But more importantly, JT, what I've seen already in these last uh, couple of days of breaking down film is they've been doing a great job with Travis Kelsey. I mean, they've been double-teaming him, throwing a linebacker underneath, a safety on top, and then the offensive line is not really uh, together and really struggling to protect him. And you just see a lot of off-platform throws that usually wind up in you know big plays. But right now, just not having those explosive plays right now, JT. Eric Allen is our guest. Yeah, everybody's talking about their demise. I talked to the coach today, Rich Passaccio, <laughs> before we went on TV. It's incredible the way the national media is saying that they're done. Ryan Clark, who you know on ESPN said Mahomes is broken. You look at the numbers, the oh. 10 in receptions. Clearly, they have taken a step back this year. You look at the film yeah. as close as anyone I know. What are they getting away from? What's not working? Is it the protection or the fact that teams are more disciplined, EA, on the back end? Well, again, remember a couple of years ago when they were able to kind of have anything they wanted and Patrick was be able to be outside the pocket and find guys down the football field. I think that's attributed to, again, going back to they were able at times to run the football effectively. Now let's go back. I guess it'd be almost three years in the Super Bowl. Damian Williams, their running back, could have been the MVP of that game. I mean, he had a tremendous football game, just explosive chunk plays in the running game. Also, a really uh, big benefit in the receiving part of the game, and they don't have that. So to be able to start off on first down and knowing that your running game is not going to be able to run in the middle of the football field and have success now you're talking about going sideline to sideline. Football teams have been willing to live with that. So we're going to give you, you know, the, the outside stretch play. We're going to give you any of those running plays, but we're not going to give you opportunities and chances to throw down the football field and be successful. So they're making this football team go sideline to sideline to get big plays, and it's just not happening. And then when they do try and force it downfield, it just the offensive line doesn't hold up sometimes. The receivers aren't able to have those great uh, big-time plays because, again, you're doubling Tyreek Hill. You're not allowing him to use that speed to go deep. So it's frustrating right now. And for a football team and Andy Reid, 
who just gives you so much window dressing. And again, JT, I tell you what, I started off on uh, today's uh, Thursday. I started off on Tuesday watching film, and my head started hurting, JT, because they have so <laughs> many variables before the snap. Guys are moving this way, they're going into Wildcat, guys are going this way and that way. So I was like, how would I do it? If I was playing right now, what, how would I approach this game and watching film? And what I would do is start backwards. I would find out where the ball ends up and how it got there. And then I would work my way backwards. So, you know, the alignment and formations, they give you just so much. So you just got to find out where are they trying to get to the ball and who's getting the ball there. And I think that's kind of what defense are doing and just taking away the deep ball right now. Eric Allen joins us. One of the great corners of all time. So, you know, last year you and I, one of the memories I had was was a bad moment when we were watching Mahomes on that final drive. Witten scored in front of no fans, and the Raiders were about to sweep Kansas City. Mahomes went the length of the field. There was a breakdown. Jonathan Abram bit on what he thought was Mahomes running. Kelsey got behind him, and Kansas City won that game, and it was a tough way to lose a game. And we talked about correcting it on the postgame show. What has Gus Bradley done now to get Jonathan Abram? And let's piggyback with Trayvon Merrick, who's never played a game, EA, in this rivalry. When we talk about at Allegiant Stadium going up against Mahomes, what concerns should the safeties have in this game, even with this new Gus Bradley defense? (laughs) That's a great point, JT. I'm laughing right now, but I'm crying inside because we saw it. I mean, it was just a a setup of a tremendous portion. You have Kelsey in the middle of the football field kind of running a, what we call a jerk route. So he's going to go about 10 yards. He's going to fake outside and then take off to the post and Abrams bit on it. So again, coming back, I'm going to fast forward. What Gus has done is he's defined roles for the safety. So Jonathan is not going to be in that position. He's not going to have that responsibility that responsibility to be in the middle of the football field and be that post safety is Trayvon. And Trayvon has done a really great job. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying great, just he's done a great job for a rookie. He's had several big-time tackles in the middle of the field as a post safety. So he's patient enough to see the running back break, and he may get 10 to 12 yards, but he's not scoring a touchdown. That happened twice last week, JT. So don't uh, overestimate what he's been able to do. And then he's done a really good job of being a post safety, not letting mm-hmm. anything behind him. He goes after the balls in the air. So that's another good thing that's kind of uh, something that safety is kind of not born with, but you have to learn that skill set to be able to break on balls when the ball is right in the air. You're not trying to try and get a jump because you understand you're that last hope. You know, you can't allow uh, a big play over your head. So he's done a really good job of that. But Gus, wow, great job of defining roles for our safeties. And that's why Jonathan has really stepped up his game and been more consistent. And Trayvon, man, really great job being a post-safety. So I don't foresee those two things breaking down this week. Eric Allen, as we wrap it up. So, Eric, I, we talked about it after the game at M Resort Casino and Spa last week outside the Raiders Tavern and Grill. I, I just didn't think the Raiders felt comfortable attacking the Giants. And I want, you, I want you to explain to our audience what you saw because the Giants did the same thing against Kansas City, and it worked. 
with the safeties on the back end, the coverage, and if the Giants were successful in double-teaming Tyreek Hill and double-teaming Travis Kelsey, and they kept Waller in check at MetLife last week, what do we see now? What What is Derek Carr, what does he have to worry about getting the ball downfield? Because I look at this defensive scheme, that's one thing. I can see you attack them, but the defenses have been really solid against Mahomes. I just know Tyreek Hill's going to get loose. I know there's going to be one play when Mahomes swings right and then he's running against his body and everybody thinks they got Tyreek Hill and they got him in front of him and then he just peels off and he goes and Mahomes throws across his body. How do you stop that? (laughs) Well, JT, you're never going to stop the attempt from this Kansas City Chiefs offense to make a big play. And again, I go back to a couple things. I go back to the defensive system what we've been able to do lately, and we're a very good pass defense. We know that we're going to get tremendous pressure on the quarterback. So, first of all, very rarely have quarterbacks been consistent making those big plays. Second, we have a guy named Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward, man, we don't hear his name enough because he is really a shut-down corner right now. There's games, JT, where he gets one or two opportunities. I mean, that is so good for a cornerback in a defensive backfield to go into the game and say, this side of the football field is going to be challenged once or twice in 70 plays. I mean, just just think about that, JT. You're out there for 65, 70 plays. You're a professional football player, and you get two opportunities. I mean, that means that people who are watching film, because, again, this is the middle of the season. All the tape is out. We know what guys are performing. We know what guys are not performing. And this says so much for Casey Hayward Jr. that he's not being challenged for the majority of a football game. So that swings a lot of the balls on the backside to our other cornerback. Now, he has to be responsible to understand what this football team is trying to do. Luckily, a lot of these guys have come from the Chargers, JT. They understand what the Chiefs are about. They played against them. They prepared against them. So has Gus Bradley. So, again, we're going to be aware of the double moves. We're going to be aware of extending plays with the great Patrick Mahomes. And as long as we do a good job of tackling, JT, and I'm I'm letting you in on a little bit of these keys right now, JT, Mm -hmm. tackling is going to be extremely important for our football team uh, going forward. So, again, I think we have to score points on offense against a defense that's not going to be able to, the Chiefs, are not going to be able to duplicate what the Giants and what we do, okay, because they don't have that type of personnel. we got to score points, make this Chiefs offense have to throw the ball, and that's when the turnovers happen, JT. Well, I'll tell you, it's a big one, and we're going to be there for it. Can you imagine what it's going to be like, your great friend Charles Woodson getting his Hall of Fame ring at the 50-yard line, 10 gold jackets, all the alumni friends in town, and, and Sunday night, and EA, we've all been hurting. It's been a tough yeah. couple of weeks here after the tragedy. Tina Tinter lost her life. Henry Ruggs and now Damon Arnett will let go from the team. I just think that this game comes at a time where the Raiders could do wonders if they win. It puts them back in first place, more than halfway home with six wins and a quality win against a division rival. A lot on the line Sunday night. You're right, JT. It's a lot on the line. It's been just a roller coaster ride. Uh, from the COVID to, you know, Raiders leaving to the situations that have happened recently. But this is a perfect, perfect chance for 
the Raider Nation, the family, to come together, beat this Chiefs football team, celebrate Charles Woodson, and get back on the winning track. Take care. I will see you this weekend. Have safe travels out here. Excited for it, but uh, way to go. You, you got it. Thank you, Eric Allen. Nice to get him on. We work together every weekend, so usually I don't get him on. Get him on once or twice a year, but he's the best. He, really a high honor for me to work with him. Really, what a what the Raiders have done for my life over my career, I can never thank them enough. But one of the great blessings of my life is to work with Eric Allen, a great husband, father, former player. He's got so many friends. And come see us at the Torch. Come say hi. There'll probably be a line of people wanting to get a selfie with EA. He's so kind with this time on game day, game night. So it's fun to work with him. And then afterwards, he'll be on TV. And then right after the game, we move the post-game show to the Modelo Lounge. So if you have club seats and you're able to get in there and you're able to roll in there, we, I, I sit by the Twitch Lounge. I'm over there at the Modelo Lounge, and we do the 90-minute post-game. And what's nice about this compared to Oakland, because we miss Oakland. Oakland had the best tailgates. And unbelievable fans is they don't kick you out of Allegiant Stadium. That's what I love the most about the setup. After a game ends, next thing you know, they're not like, hey, in Oakland, at the East Side Club, I'd have a drink, and they'd be like, okay, you got to get going. I'd be like, what are you talking about? You're broke. Oakland's broke in regards to the Coliseum and their efforts, and you don't want our money? We want to give you money to have a couple of drinks and beers and talk with our friends. No, no, you got to leave. got to leave. I'd be like, you're out of your mind. Here at Allegiant Stadium, you get an hour after the game to go up to the torch, look out the window, stay in the clubs, walk around, look at the art. It's like a free country. It's Vegas. We never close. And how about that Winfield Club? That's going to be going off. And just from the last seat in the upper deck, right down, I don't care if you're staying at one of those beautiful box seats, it's fantastic to learn about the stadium and to see the crowds and see all the energy. Now we got an opportunity quickly because we've been buried with interviews. I had the Marvel Comic Defenders. I pulled it off. Eric Allen, Phil Villapiano, and the great Bill Romanowski. Now let's go out to Gus Bradley, who met the media at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Here he is. Uh, obviously, you have a lot of experience um, going against the Kansas City Chiefs, working with the uh, Chargers for those years. Um, they look a little different uh, this year for whatever reason. Any? Yeah, I, I mean, they're they're very explosive. Um, they can score any place, anywhere on the field. Uh, it seems to me like some of the tip balls just haven't gone their way. You know, where there's an interception here or there that stalls the drive, but they're moving the ball and they're making the same amount of explosive plays and things like that that you see. Um, you know, very, very talented. You're trying to keep your eye on multiple guys. You know, I think we talked in weeks previous about, hey, we got to have awareness where he is on the field. With a team like Kansas City, you have to have awareness of where everybody is on the field because there's so many explosive players. Uh, Unique's had two really big games in a row, and he, he said that it's a, a direct result of what some other guys like Max and Solomon are doing. Uh, is that just him being a team guy, or is that something that's really coming? No, up? I think, you know, uh, Coach Marinelli always talks about four equals one. 
you know, and they got to work together. If somebody's getting some sacks, it's probably because a lot of other guys are doing some things right too. So, you know, and I know a couple of those, Max did a good job on his side, turned them back in and we're giving Yannick a chance. So uh, it, uh, he really believes that. I, you know, I think we just showed some coverages today where the coverage was tight and forced the quarterback to hitch some and allowed the rush to get there. So I believe he's talking more about that aspect. There's a lot of things that have to happen right for, for defense linemen to get a sack. But he's got some guys given ability now he is very talented and and uh, his get off has been really well I think he's tweaked some things the last couple of weeks that I think has benefited him some things that he just kind of noticed along with the coaches your defenses have had success against Kansas City um, in the past but it seems like the rest of the league this year has like everybody has the blueprint to play a certain way it's two deep safeties and keep everything in front of you so like how much of your preparation is like hey we do what we do and how much is well, this other stuff is really working against them right, right. now. Right. Well, I mean, you, you when the breakdowns, you watch a lot of teams, you know, and see, you know, how they try to attack them and what works for them and what causes some difficulties. And some of it is just, you know, they've had opportunity to make plays. There's guys open and maybe, like I said, it was a tip ball here or there or an incompletion at a critical time. So, you know, they can they can get in a groove at any time. You know, so I think it's a combination. You look at past films and see what teams are doing to ha that have had some success against them. And then you also incorporate into what you do. Plus, Darius Fallon, and I'm wondering, like, if you've had an idea yet of who might be stepping in in the spot or... For who's that? Darius. Oh, for Phylon, yeah. Uh, Square, Damien Square has done a nice job for us. He's played, you know, in a couple games for us quite a bit. And, you know, he's a guy that's had some experience being in the same division. So we anticipate seeing a little bit more of him. Mike Mack had uh, mentioned uh, Malcolm Coons as somebody that was making some strides yeah. forward. Is, is he really has. I, you know what? Here, here's the Malcolm Coons situation. He has really showed up the last about three weeks in practice. And I think when you watch him on practice, you're seeing the guy that you drafted. He's strong. He's quick. He's starting to figure out. So he's caught our eye. Now, that's just such a competitive group. Trying to find a way to get him up uh, is difficult. But this would be a game you know, that would suit his style more. And he's competing like crazy along with guys like Klee and, 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 you know, the whole group. So, you know, that's just something work in progress. But he, he's done very well in practice. He warrants the opportunity to play. Now can we get him on the field? When it is a situation like that where it is a competitive position and it might not be anything that he's doing wrong, might, he's just on that kind of development phase right now, how do you keep him into it mentally? Yeah, I think you know, we, we show his clips and practice, you know, some of his rushes and things like that. So we see, you know, we're showing everybody signs of him getting better. Uh, you know, I, you kind of talk out of both sides of your mouth where you, you say, you know, to keep morale up. You know, when guys do practice, you try to find a role for them. And he's in that case. And to be true to the word, we got to try to find a role for him because he is practicing that well. It's just, um, you know, with the numbers game and, you know, dealing with all of it, we're trying to f figure that out right now. So some of the injuries that you had at cornerback, Brandon Faison has stepped up in a pretty big way the last few weeks. Obviously, he's somebody you're familiar with from your days with the Chargers. Uh, what have you seen from him and his development? Uh, his consistency. I think, um, you know, he's a longer, taller corner that's got, you know, good length to him. And um, he's been very consistent in in, in the scheme, and uh, he's built trust real fast with guys around him. So I think he's playing pretty free 
as far as the mindset and understanding what he's doing, so really can just rely on his abilities. So he's just played very consistent football for us. So he, he's getting more looks now. I mean, he still is hes not a seasoned vet by no means. He's some things that show up in practice that he's got to get cleaned up, but overall uh, played at a high level for us. All right, there he is, Gus Bradley. Want to give you a piece of that. And, you know, with Phylon out and what we're going to have to do, that rotation at defensive tackle was going to be really important this year, and it's going to be very important in this game. The defensive line is without question the strength of the team along with the quarterback, Derek Carr. Carr's got to have a big game, and the defensive line's got to have their best game of the year. And I'm confident that Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby can get sacks in this game and get off the field and help the Raiders get the ball back on offense. What a busy show. I need a glass of water or something. Modelo's in the bucket coming up tomorrow. But we've been buried today. And now we got an opportunity to talk to you. Also, Rick Haro, the sports professor who speaks at Harvard University. I haven't talked to him in about a month about the economics of sports. He texted me. He's going to join us. Plus your phone calls on how to beat the Chiefs brought to you by the new 5-Iron Golf inside Area 15. Give them a call or show up. Area 15, 5 Iron Golf. Well, first he was available, you know, and then he could still really run. Um, and he's been a part of kind of, he's with the Rams, so he's been a part of our offense to some degree, the verbiage, some of the terminology, some of the concepts we thought he'd be um, well-versed with a little bit. And then we, we had a really good Zoom call with him, our offensive staff and myself had a great Zoom call with him on, on Saturday and felt that he was sincerely looking for an opportunity to keep playing and was excited about having a chance to do it with us and to play with Derek Carr. So that's kind of what brought us together at the end. That's Rich Passaccia on bringing in Deshaun Jackson. I spoke with him earlier today. You'll hear that interview tomorrow ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs game Sunday night on NBC and right here on Compass Media Networks and Raider Nation Radio. My good friend, the sports professor, Rick Haro, kind enough to join us. We haven't spoke to him in a bit. And, Rick, I want to jump in with your analysis on Aaron Rodgers and what this did to his brand, his endorsements, the Packer brand, as he said he was immunized, he clearly wasn't vaccinated. It's been a firestorm of controversy all week. Yeah, that distinction might be legal in a court of law, and you know, I play with those words all the time, but it doesn't cut it in the court of public opinion. And so the issue is so politically volatile, and in the employer workplace, what the consequences are if you don't do it, the violation of team rules, the risking your teammates, the whole idea of the brand, obviously his health company that he was dealing with as a sponsor in Wisconsin already said he had enough. And we'll see what happens with State Farm and some of the other organizations who also promote healthy lifestyle when you think about an insurance company, even though that's not what their tagline is, but that's one of the things they stand for. So, look, this saga is not over, and it is kind of unfortunate when the rules were created by Roger Goodell about forfeits uh-huh. and not getting paid and all that. I, I don't believe he could have contemplated in any event a superstar kind of dancing on the head of a pin regarding what the word is and what the word he used would be. Rick Carl's our guest. I agree with you with that. And Rick, you know more owners than anybody I know. You know the commissioner. You know a lot of people behind the scenes. 
The NFL's taken some hits for transparency. Either their opinion of it or what the fans are saying on my show's lack of transparencies when it comes to the Washington football team and that investigation that there wasn't a written conclusion, there was an oral conclusion there. And we haven't spoke since it really hurt the Raiders and took out John Gruden. John Gruden wrote those emails. He'll have to live with the outcome. And now we see what's happening now, potential for Congress to get involved here. How is the NFL handling this? What should the owners be concerned about? Yeah, and it's a very interesting set of complex questions you ask, my friend. And the bottom line is there are no hard and fast rules regarding what an investigation ought to be. The law firm Jenner and Block with the Blackhawks investigation a few years ago, Mm -hmm. that was written and that was almost every word, and it's cost not only the Blackhawks, but it's cost in some indirect ways Anaheim for an unrelated incident, and obviously the Panthers with their coach. And these are very, very careful uh, procedures because, you know, it is, it is a person's reputation. On the other hand, you've got to be able to investigate everything. And then what do you do with your conclusions? Does that have to be written and published to everybody? You know, the fact that, that there was a complete denial in the owners' meetings, of uh, you know, getting the emails, and uh, I know there are people that want them, but uh, there is a privacy issue here now too. So it is very complex. I, I didn't answer the question deliberately because I also think it is unfolding. And if you said yeah. in this situation you got to do X, then when you're ready to do Y, it makes it harder. Rick Harrell, the sports professor, kind enough to join us. What am I hearing about NFL slot machines or headed to casinos? How far have we come now? I'm waiting for betting booths inside stadiums, but the slot machines in casinos and the NFL's behind it. Tell me about this. Yeah, no, you're not going to have to wait too long. And the one thing about you know working with the NFL, as I've done for many years, there will never, ever be any relationship to gambling. Oh, yeah, there already is. <laughs> and, and not only Vegas, but look, everybody said it was because of the Vegas Raiders, and that's clearly not the case. It's because everybody else was grabbing for the revenue and the Supreme Court decision. And if you don't want to be a part of the solution, then you're going to sit aside and watch everybody else do it. So Saints fans, if they go to Harris Casino in the 2023 season and beyond, they don't have enough reason to bet. Now they're going to have joysticks and slot machines uh, themed around the Saints, well, maybe they need a joystick that plays quarterback. How about that? (laughs) There you go. Rick Oro, the sports professor. The return of the NFL, big boost for Viacom CBS, not only the last quarter, but these revenues that are coming in that you wrote about and published. Tell me about it. I can't believe the numbers we're talking about here, Rick. You deal with these numbers with your salary on a regular basis, $6.6 billion per quarter. It was up about uh, 14%, largely because the ratings were up about 22%. And the other reason, about 47 million people or so uh, were added to the streaming roles. And, of course, uh, Viacom and CBS, it's also paramount in the streaming area. And so when you combine streaming and gaming and esports and fantasy, and you wrap it around that wonderful world that's the NFL, it makes a lot of executives happy, especially the ones with stock options. Rick Caro, as we wrap it up here, you know, Rick, I see hockey now. Uh, You're really tight with Gary Bettman, and you know hockey owners around the league. I have to find it. I have to look for TNT, but I'm seeing it now. And ESPN, I don't know exactly what they're doing it. They're putting it on ESPN Plus and other platforms. How is the launch of hockey Back to mainstream media, ESPN and TNT. How is that helping the sport, or is it too early to tell? 
it's helping. But, you know, listen, when the uh, when March Madness was happening and the CBS did its mega contract and included TNT, everybody was saying, how do we find it? Well, you find it. By the first or second week, you figure out how to find it. <laughs> and that's exactly what's happening with the NFL, with the NHL. Uh, they're streaming also. So all of the games on the ESPN Plus platform, it is a streaming play. It's also a money play, but it's an exposure play. I was with Gary Bettman at the opening, the lightning banner issue two weeks ago. And it's hard three weeks ago. It's hard to believe that three months before, almost to the day, the NBC guys were in that suite at Amelie Arena, ringing down the curtain on their run. And now three months later, it is a completely different world. And I got to tell you, most people are really excited about it. ESPN can do a really good job of promoting what they like and a yeah. good job of ignoring what they don't like. That is a brilliant point. If ESPN's got a deal and it's running out, they could ignore it. If they like a deal early, you'll hear a lot about it. Finally, last one, wrap up the World Series for me with the ratings. And should we be worried about a deadline on December 1st? Because we just heard a couple of big comments coming from Boris, the super agent, about tanking, how it affected the Braves, what other teams aren't doing. How many problems does baseball have behind the scenes? Well, you know, it was a mixed result coming out of the pandemic, and the ratings were for the for, for games five and six were 10 and 13, respectively, which is pretty good. It's a great, brave story, notwithstanding what Scott Boris says, by the way. I want to reserve judgment on that one. But the owners' meetings are big this week. The rhetoric is always heated. The agents got to do their job to heat the rhetoric up. Tony Clark, uh, hopefully, and Rob Manfred can get themselves in a room quietly and say, look, we got so much at stake here that we better not screw around with this product because we came out of a pandemic and a lot of people are on the edge. And if we don't play and we have a bunch of crap back and forth, it just may tilt it over. We don't need a structural change. Maybe we can deal with some free agent issue to kind of put a little bow on it. But the answer is December 6, December 3, coming around the corner. we got to watch every word. Take care, Professor. Thanks for making time for us. Appreciate it. All right. See you soon. You got it. Rick Harrell, the sports professor professor who speaks at Harvard all the time, studies and analyzes the business of sports. Good to catch up with him again. Nice surprise today. So big show, Raider Nation. I got about 15 minutes to go before we wrap it up. We get you ready for tomorrow. Jim Plunkett will join us in the first hour tomorrow. Also, my good friend John Sassenti from the Las Vegas Bowl as John is bringing some of the biggest college football games to Vegas at Allegiant Stadium going forward. And he's going to join us every Friday as the Bulls rankings come out and we get an opportunity to see who can end up in Vegas which is really important because now that Allegiant Stadium has been built bigger and better games are coming 702-365-9200 again apologize with all the interviews today they all lined up at once I had the defenders today Villa Piano Eric Allen and the great Bill Romanowski Uh, Charles Woodson could be joining us I'm doing a lot with Charles this weekend We're always talking about what Charles Woodson does here in town, and this is his weekend. So please, grab a Woodson whiskey. Go to woodsonwhiskey.com to find a store near you that carries it. If it wasn't your game day whiskey already, it is now Woodson Bourbon Whiskey, as the great Charles Woodson will be in town to get his Hall of Fame ring. which, With all the accomplishments that Charles has, the Heisman Trophy, the Super Bowl with Green Bay, the great accomplishments with the Raiders, Getting that ring for the Pro Football Hall of Fame on the sideline of Sunday Night Football in the biggest game ever to be played at Allegiant Stadium so far, that's going to be special. Getting your seats for halftime 
respect Charles, be there for him, and make the roof feel like it's going to come off. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. We'll talk about Odell Beckham Jr. to the Rams, which keeps him out of the AFC. Not that he's going to be some superstar again, but if he played for Kansas City, that'd be another thing that the Raiders would have to worry about in that rivalry. They don't have to now. A big day today in sports. Still, Aaron Rodgers is predominantly the biggest newsmaker in sports. JT, Kansas City, Sunday night. We're live at the Torch for the pregame show on Raider Nation Radio. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how that, you know, how that goes, and uh, hopefully we can put him in enough positive situations to help us throughout the game. But he's done a great job meeting actually with Edgar and Nick, and, and uh, we'll see how that unfolds. Rich Passaccia talking about Deshaun Jackson and what role he'll play in this game, which is really fascinating to me. Uh, JT, as we are back and we are wrapping it up, if you want to get through before the top of the hour, you got to dial quick, but you should have me on speed dial, 702 365 9200 we're brought to you by grimaldi's pizza october's national pizza month what better way to celebrate than with a famous new york style coal fire brick oven pizza from grimaldi's i get the brooklyn bridge best pizza i've ever had so deshaun jackson what to do with them line them up wide and have them sprint that's it all right line them up wide have them sprint some deep in routes go routes the post whatever you want but he's got to bring a safety over with him. That's the key to this game. A corner with safety help over the top, and Derek's got to look his way at least to bring his eyes and the pump fake to him or let it fly. Maybe Kansas City's going to look and say, hey, Deshaun Jackson's a good player. We don't respect him enough to double-team him over the top the way we would have with Henry Ruggs, a younger player. I don't know. I don't know what Spagnuolo's going to do. He's won multiple Super Bowls as a coordinator. He's pretty sharp, but that's got to be a big aspect of the team. I don't know what type of shape Deshaun Jackson's in. Is he in football shape where he's clearly ready to go and play the majority of the game? No idea. Zay Jones should get the opportunity to play. If he does and makes plays, great for him. But this, to me, is going to be a Waller game, and I know I sound like a broken record, and I apologize, but if you're going to go down, you have to go down with Darren Waller. I don't want to be sitting here on Monday Looking back at this game, wondering why Waller only had five receptions and seven targets. That's got to stop. There's no more of that. Waller needs targets. Get him his targets. And, I, and, and again, I think Greg Olson wants to get him the targets. And I, I think Derek Carr understands the targets are there. Don't talk yourself out of it. Don't think, yeah, we wanted to start to play to Waller, but he's got a linebacker on him or he's getting chipped at the line of scrimmage and we got to go somewhere else. Let Waller figure it out. Give him a few moments to get open at the line of scrimmage, turn and look for the ball, throw it on him, and let him hit stride. That's the key to this team. He's the best player on the team. He's, he's exploding onto the league. Do not slow him down. Cam Newton has signed with Carolina. Superman is back, even though he's no longer Superman. So that is a big deal. Cam Newton today because of Sam Darnold's injury and what's happened there. And as we talked about, the Rams agree to a deal with Odell Beckham Jr., which could be a great fit for him. He's agreed to a contract with the Rams. 
He'll join the high-powered offense led by Matthew Stafford, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson. They're good. Uh, they lost to Sean Jackson. He was released. The Raiders got him. And we'll see what happens. You know, for me, it's going to be interesting to watch these two guys play the rest of the way. Odell Beckham Jr. gets out of jail in Cleveland. And Deshaun Jackson had a pretty good thing going with the Rams. He did. It's a good football team. And he's out of there. And now he's a Raider. So all we're going to do the rest of the year is just judge who had a better game. Odell Beckham Jr. or Deshaun Jackson. That should motivate Deshaun to step up and do something special here. And uh, that's what Coach Passaccia told me today. He said at his press conference how he's come in and he's very humble. He just wants to win. He wants everything to be smooth and easy here. And hopefully if he can come in there and do a great job, uh, Derek Carr is going to get him the ball more and more. And then what can he do on special teams? Where I think Hunter Renfro takes a beating. He doesn't like to just fair catch it. He likes to catch it and get the first man to miss. Well, I've, I've seen what Deshaun Jackson's done in the past against the Giants and the Cowboys in big primetime games. It'll be very interesting to see what happens here. And there is news. The second leading story at ESPN is going to be a story that we're going to have to all deal with out here in Vegas. Lawyers for Henry Ruggs wrote in a court filing that a witness said firefighters were slow to extinguish the vehicle, which caused a deadly blast here. And I got to tell you the story. I got to bring it up because it's the biggest, second biggest story trending at ESPN. Uh, the funeral for Tina Tintor was scheduled today at the Serbian Orthodox Church, uh, followed by a private burial here at a local Las Vegas cemetery. So as we wrap up the show, we're thinking of Tina Tintor and her family right now as hopefully they are getting the peace to be together today and say goodbye to her at the age of 23. So Q coming up, Vinny, uh, just tell you what we got lined up tomorrow. Again, we're supposed to have Jim Plunkett at the bottom of the hour, and then there's a couple of events that I'll be a part of here in town. I know there's a lot of Raider parties, a lot of people coming into town. Concerts, hockey here. Hey, oh, and congratulations, Bobby, get on the microphone here. I know we wanted to say this today. Congratulations to Kevin Kruger. As UNLV got their first basketball win last night, the first one for Coach, and we are all in because of Coaches versus Cancer and what Lon's done for us. So great news for Kevin as he gets his first win as the head coach of the Rebels. Now, granted, it was his first win, and it was against Gardner-Webb, but that team yeah. is looking a whole lot better than they did last year. It's going to be a good season. Yes, a win is a win, and you take it, especially when it's the first one. And, and I know that you have to show your vaccination proof to go to the games. Crowd was a little bit light because I think of the opponent, and you'll have an opportunity to go out there and yeah. support this program. It'll be a lot more full. Once you get uh, UNR will be in town. I think Michigan is playing here this year. Those kind of games will be pretty full. They'll probably sell out. And I don't like making mistakes on the radio. I rarely make them. My opinions are wrong, but I don't like to make mistakes. A correction. The Charles Woodson ceremony is pregame. I thought it was halftime. So Charles will be honored pregame. So we're encouraging all fans to get to their seats by 4 p.m. If needed, take care of the alternate screening beginning at 1 p.m. And the tents are in the north. That's the B and the south J lots. So you'll have plenty of time to get screened if you haven't been screened properly yet to get inside. And then we'd like you to be in your seats by 4 p.m. or right after that as Charles Woodson is going to be honored there. When I get off the pregame show, I'll take the elevator down from the torch and get off on the field, and I want to see that up close 
and see that great moment for Charles. Thanks to all of our proud partners today. Thanks to the guests. Uh, we told you in the beginning of the week we were trying to thread the needle today, and Bobby was able to do that. Bill Romanowski, Phil Villapiano, Eric Allen. Thanks to the sports professor, Rick Haro for joining us. Uh, catch me later on tonight. I'll be on Sirius XM 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio. Big show lined up there. One minute. On satellite radio, which is also a very fun life for me. And Thursday night football, Lamar Jackson is looking to break some all-time records. You shouldn't have much of a test against the Miami Dolphins. Of Baltimore, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. A lot of good NBA action that is here. Thanks to Bobby for putting the show together. And thanks to you for listening to the flagship of the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm JT. We'll send you back uh, to Q. And then Vinny. And tomorrow will be the last show of the week, and it's a good one. John Sassanti from the Las Vegas Bowl. And Jim Plunkett, who's in town. A lot of gold jackets. A lot of should-be gold jackets. Jim, Jim Plunkett should be in a gold jacket. Let's get that going. And Cliff Branch. Have a great night, everybody.